I live in a lone cottage on a solitary wide heath. No voice of life reaches me. I see the desolate plain covered with white, save a few black patches that the noonday sun has made at the top of those sharp, pointed hillocks from which the snow, sliding as it fell, lay thinner than on the plain ground. A few birds are pecking at the hard ice that covers the pools, for the frost has been of long continuance. I am in a strange state of mind. I am alone, quite alone in the world. The blight of misfortune has passed over me and withered me. I know that I am about to die, and I feel happy, joyous. I feel my pulse, it beats fast. I place my thin hand on my cheek, it burns. There is a slight, quick spirit within me which is now emitting its last sparks. I shall never see the snows of another winter. I do believe that I shall never again feel the vivifying warmth of another summer sun, and it is in this persuasion that I begin to write my tragic history. Perhaps a history such as mine had better die with me, but a feeling that I cannot define leads me on, and I am too weak both in body and mind to resist the slightest impulse. While life was strong within me, I thought indeed that there was a sacred horror in my tale that rendered it unfit for utterance, and now about to die, I pollute its mystic terrors. It is as the wood of the Eumenides, none but the dying may enter, and Oedipus is about to die. What am I writing? I must collect my thoughts. I do not know that any will peruse these pages, except you, my friend, who will receive them at my death. I do not address them to you alone, because it will give me pleasure to dwell upon our friendship in a way that would be needless if you alone read what I shall write. I shall relate my tale, therefore, as if I wrote for strangers. You have often asked me the cause of my solitary life, my tears, and above all of my impenetrable and unkind silence. In life I dared not. In death I unveil the mystery. Others will toss these pages lightly over. To you, Woodville, kind, affectionate friend, they will be dear, the precious memorials of a heartbroken girl who, dying, is still warmed by gratitude towards you. Your tears will fall on the words that record my misfortunes. I know they will, and while I have life I thank you for your sympathy. But enough of this, I will begin my tale. It is my last task, and I hope I have strength sufficient to fulfil it. I record no crimes. My faults may easily be pardoned, for they proceeded not from evil motive but from want of judgment and I believe few would say that they could, by a different conduct and superior wisdom, have avoided the misfortunes to which I am the victim. My fate has been governed by necessity, a hideous necessity. It required hands stronger than mine, stronger, I do believe, than any human force, to break the thick adamantine chain that has bound me, once breathing nothing but joy ever possessed by a warm love and delight in goodness, to misery only to be ended, and now about to be ended in death. But I forget myself, my tale is yet untold. I will pause a few moments, 
wipe my dim eyes and endeavor to lose the present obscure but heavy feeling of unhappiness in the more acute emotions of the past. I was born in England. My father was a man of rank. He had lost his father early and was educated by a weak mother, with all the indulgence she thought due to a nobleman of wealth. He was sent to Eton and afterwards to college, and allowed from childhood the free use of large sums of money, thus enjoying from his earliest youth the independence which a boy with these advantages always acquires at a public school. Under the influence of these circumstances, his passions found a deep soil wherein they might strike their roots and flourish, either as flowers or weeds, as was their nature.' 